Warner Brothers Podcast, Game 7 Review. Keenan, how you doing? I'm good. Shocked. Uh, surprised. This is this is kind of not expected from me and how the games went, but I'm good. I'm good otherwise. That's right, Warner Brothers Podcast. This is Kyle and Keenan. Um, yeah, what a Sunday. What a Sunday. I mean, we'll be pretty quick with it. It's you know, it's ten thirty here Eastern time on a Sunday night. You pr- both probably got to get up early. But uh, <laughs> let me ask you this: What was your prediction going into like noon today, a few hours before the first game? Who are, what do you think? Who do you think is going to win? Like, what are your predictions? What do you what do you think the outcome of both of these games are? Bucks in a close one, Mavs in a close one. And you originally picked the Celtics in this series, correct? And the Suns? No, I had the Bucks going. I ended up, I ended up because we talked about it for a while. I have it here. Let me just make hundred percent sure. Even without Middleton? Even without Middleton, because I made a bet with a friend. Okay. I thought so. I went into, I would say I went into these playoffs, and I had originally I had the. Um, Suns and six prior to the playoffs, but before the uh, before the Suns Dallas series, I actually picked Dallas because I had a bet with, <clears throat> and it wasn't just because of the bet, but I had a bet with Duval. We always bet tacos on it, so I'm now down only down fifteen tacos, which is beautiful because I was down twenty two. But um, that's a lot of tacos. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna have to give him a taco truck at some point. But so I had Mavs before the series in seven, and then I had Milwaukee in seven. And what made you switch from the Suns to the Mavs? Exactly. I I I don't. I got this feeling that Luca's just on a tear right now. That's kind of he feels 07 LeBronish to me. Well, he's know. always. On. He's always on a tear. He's always had. What made you really? I didn't. Pick? I mean, the, Suns, the Suns were like number one, not number one, but they were elite in every category on both ends of the floor. What made you pick? You well, know, first, basically, a, first Devin first Booker's ham, Devin Booker's hamstring was a reason that you. I also, because regardless of the fact that he was back, a hamstring can go at any moment, and I know he's played through it in the past, but some like it's hard to really come back from because it's a muscle that can just go in a snap. So that was one of the things that kind of kind of worried me. Dallas has been playing great since the like a little bit before the All Star break. Really, since the New Year, the Celtics and the Mavericks have been the two best teams record wise, I believe, since the New Year. And I was. I don't know. Watching those games, I just kind of, I had just had a feeling, like the Pelicans took the Suns six. I understand Devin Booker was out, but still the Pelicans took them six, and I just had a feeling that the Mavs were going to be able to pull it out. Obviously, if the Suns did, I wouldn't have been shocked. But like, I just had, I just went with Dallas. So the Pelicans taking the Suns was that was that your deciding factor? Like your oh. main deciding. The Devin Booker injury, the Pelicans being able to kind of take, kind of take advantage of the uh, Suns a little bit because it really showed. Obviously, Chris Paul has it in spurts, but since his thirty seventh birthday, he hasn't played like anything. But he was going in spurts, and with Luca, I think you need more than spurts. I think you need consistent effort. So with Devin Booker being down, the Pelicans showing that you can play with the Suns right now with. A limited Devin Booker or without Devin Booker, I thought that the Mavs could pull it out, especially with the way they've been playing and Jason, the way Jason coaches, Jason Kidd has been coaching. And you felt the same down 2-0? I was a little weary, but I would have, I mean, I had the series going seven, so I didn't, I wasn't like, I thought the Mavericks could get both games at home. I thought the role, the role players typically play better at home. And plus, you have Luka Doncic. I thought they're going to win Game Three, and then in a must-win Game Four, I think I thought Luka could pull it out. I wasn't as confident. I'm not going to go into it, basically saying like, "Yeah, I'll know they're e- it's easily." But I did have faith that they could bring it back to two-two. All right, it's a little. It's been a little while since we've uh, last talked. Yeah, I'll say this: I had the Suns in the conference finals for sure. I had the Suns in the finals. Um, not even had the Suns winning at all. 
You did before the playoffs. You had the Suns winning it all. I don't know if it's changed or not, but it changed prior to the series. I believe I left it open ended at the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Kind of a pick on between the Suns and the Celtics, but uh, let me say this. I mean, I thought up to well, I thought the Suns were going to win, and as you said, Chris Paul prior to uh, to his thirty seventh birthday last week, I believe uh, he was playing. Pretty good up to up the Hall of Fame level, right? Like he had that one performance where it was fourteen of fourteen. Fourteen of fourteen. Then he comes back with a I believe a fourteen assist game, zero assists. Or sorry, fourteen assists, zero turnovers. Mm-hmm. And uh I believe, yeah, I think it was game three. Was it game three where he had the performance where it was like four points, mm-hmm. five turnovers or something like that? Yep. Then obviously Dallas ties it up, game four. Phoenix wins game five and then doesn't really show up game six. Game six is when I started to get a little worried, really. Yeah. Like, because I expected to be a six game series. I wouldn't have expected seven just because, again, Phoenix has been that whole entire year. Like, they've been a a whole entire year up until, like you said, the Devin Booker injury. That puts a little more pressure on Chris Paul. Chris Paul is 37. So, as you said, he can do it on some nights at at a great level. You know, at an elite level at some nights, every night, you know, you might get good to great, right? Yeah. That's what we're getting out of Chris Paul. And then, yeah, shit, after game two, the reels really fell off. Like, game three, the Mavericks got hot. Game four, more of the same. Luke is obviously, you know, he sees red in the playoffs. Like, I hope I hope it's not undersold how crazy good Luca is at his age. Like, this league is just too easy for him. It's too easy for him, and he's only going to get better every year for, like, I don't know, the next five to seven years. On the maybe G- beyond that. On uh, JJ Raddick's podcast, he did say that it's easier to score 30 in the NBA than it is in the EuroLeague because of how the rules are. Like it, in the EuroLeague, exactly. for him, it was a smaller court. The big could stay in the middle for as long as they wanted to. Obviously, it's the three-second rule here, so they have to get in and out of the paint, which he said was 10 points in itself. So, And, he's already, and he already showed, though, he could be the best player in that league at age 17, 18, 19. So then he comes over here, and if it's an easier game to score, obviously you're playing against much better players, but if it's easier to score for him, he he just comes in already feeling like a six-year vet as a rookie, as a second-year player. I mean, prior to the playoffs this year, I mean, he lost both series, but averaged 34, 9, and 10 against the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. Like, right. Like just, just showing like how insanely good he is in this early and he can still fine tune his game. I are almost like five to 10 minutes in and would spend way too long. We've, you know, we've laid the, laid the, laid the wood on how, uh, that's how you would say, laid the groundwork, <laughs> <laughs> laid the groundwork on how good the Suns looked and, you know, how they'd probably be the favorite in the series. We can say all that, but how game seven actually went, nobody in, this world could have expected that. A 33-point uh, win it, when they were up 46 at one point? No. no. They were down 51 at one point, I believe. Oh, my bad. They were down. <laughs> the first half, Luka and the Suns were tied. Luka, Doncic himself, and the Phoenix Suns team were tied at 27 at the end of the first half. The big three, if you want to call it a big three, I'm not going to call it a big three, actually, because I feel like that's reserved for three Hall of Famers. But the top three for the Suns, Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, one field goal combined out of the three. I remember. Yeah, it was from Ayton. And I remember, I think it was early to mid second quarter, the Suns were down about 12, right? Mm -hmm. So still in it, but like it was already apparent from the first quarter, like, all right, something's wrong here. Ayton gets a, like a baby hook right in the, like from four feet away, right? Mm -hmm. Misses it, tips it. And then misses a third tip, I believe, from, like, point blank. And you could just hear it in the crowd, like, how upset they were. This was, like, I want to say eight minutes left in the second quarter. Down 12. That's not – the game's not over then. No, absolutely right? not. And he misses that. He misses the tip in. And you could feel the restlessness in the crowd mixed with Devin Booker and Chris Paul doing nothing up to that point and eight and himself. And right then and there, I was like, man, it's it's not looking good. Like, it, this might be you. And then after that, Dinwiddie exploded. Dinwiddie had 13 in about five minutes in that second quarter. Doncic obviously took over, making three after three. Um, 
I've never seen anything like that. The only thing that would come close, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, was when uh, Harden and the Rockets went down to game six that the Spurs were trying to lose. They were basically giving the Rockets the game. I don't mm-hmm. believe Kawhi played. Uh, Manu didn't play in that game either, I don't believe. Kawhi and Manu didn't play. So they only had Tony Parker and Tim Duncan, I believe. And another one of those stars might have been missing too. I don't know. I can't remember. But they were conceding the game. And Harden and the Rockets just rolled over. I've never seen someone roll over like this in a game seven. At home at that. Uh, they got cucked. I have no other way to say it. <laughs> that is so no- true. That is <laughs> Oh my goodness! So a couple points. I never seen couple, get that tight. No, I. No, absolutely Maybe the not. Bubble. The Clippers absolutely got tight in that game seven when they're up three one in the bubble. That's slightly different without fans. But n- and not I, even that. They at least they didn't get blown out. They didn't get. They were up at halftime by ten. Like they were still playing in the game. I mean, they went small. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying a, to. I'm not trying to make it seem like they didn't, but. There was a point in this game where I genuinely didn't know if the Suns were going to make 50 points. They didn't feel like they were go- Okay, so here's something. I just want to put up a couple numbers. in the first half. I just want to put up a couple couple points here. Um, Chris Paul over the last five games has had 18 field goals and 18 turnovers. Point one. Point two, in this game, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton combined for 26 points. Spencer Dinwiddie had 30 by himself off the bench. Not sure if people know who this is. Name is Ish Wainwright. He had 10 points. <laughs> Tied for their third leading score with Chris Paul. He did that in five minutes. Obviously in garbage time, I don't care. Five minutes, he had 10 points as much as Chris Paul had throughout the entire... He played a better game than Chris Paul in five minutes in garbage time. That's all I wanted to say. Absolutely ridiculous. Like Chris Paul's wearing this one on the sleeve for legacy. I mean, not that I'm I'm not a person who's not like just, not just Chris Paul though. Oh no, no, no. It's I was just say it's led and by Booker. Chris, but definitely Devin Booker too has to wear this one. And I'm not like the big, oh man, well now he's never gonna be able to recover from this blah 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 kind of guy. But when you talk about moments in people's career, it's his fifth series that he's blown. Up 2-0, which is most of all time. He game games three through seven. He looked like Cliff Paul. Like <laughs> this one's just, this is not a good look for Chris Paul at all, especially someone who is looked like he just hit a wall. Like the Max Kellerman's Cliff it's, theory with Tom Brady. That's what Cliff Paul. He literally over. turned into Cliff over the Cliff Paul. It's over for Chris Paul. It's over for Chris Paul and, uh, you know, Devin Booker, who played just as bad tonight. Um, you know, I don't know if you really remember this. You would have been like middle school around this time through like Dirk's prime, I would say. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, like by the time the season he wanted all 2011. Yeah. By the time we got to that season, that specific season, I don't remember what seed the Mavericks were. It was probably a top four seed. They might have even been a three. Um, you should actually check that for me. I'm going to. It right didn't now. matter. You keep, like, you keep going on. I'll look at it. It didn't matter. I remember they played the Blazers the first series, and yeah. everyone everyone thought the Blazers were going to upset them, and they won. And then they got the Lakers the next round, and everybody, when they were up three zero on the Lakers, I think people kind of like half expect the Lakers to be the first team to come back from three zero. Like nobody. That's how much. Nobody trusted Dirk Nowitzki for all his playoff failures. Uh, you know, that's kind of what Harden is now. Mm-hmm. And that's what Devin Booker already, just off of this game, and Chris Paul for the remainder. That's what they're going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's not to say it can't get done because guess what? Dirk that season against all odds, especially down 2 0 to the Heat and like everything I just mentioned. And they had the Thunder in the conference finals, and, you know, people were picking the Thunder. Yeah, that was a crazy Dirk series. I was so upset. <laughs> I was so upset. They, they were the three seed, yep. You got it done. So, I mean, I guess if you're someone like Devin Booker or James Harden, that would be that'd be your mold. And, uh, you know, since we haven't talked about Sixers and all that, we'll get to today's other game. But, you know, 
nobody was really surprised. It was more of a laughing stock about what happened to the Sixers against your Heat. Yeah, no one, uh, no one was shocked. I mean, no one was shocked. I, and uh, I feel like a clown. I feel like a clown for picking the Sixers. It was more. I kind of wanted to see the Celtics play the Sixers in the conference finals, I guess, more than the Heat. But it was still a clown move of me to pick Sixers because I, I've said on here time and time again what I think of James Harden. He's he's everything Chris Paul. We just found out that Chris Paul is. And Chris Paul's made big shots in the playoffs and had big games and big moments in the playoffs compared to James Harden where he's routinely come up small. But, I mean, they're in the same category for me now, which hurts to say because I love Chris Paul as a player. And, you know, aside from the cheap shit and dirty shit he does tend to do, just as a player, he's, you know, he's top-notch. He's top-notch. If you could could sit down and create a quintessential point guard, you would create Chris Paul maybe a couple inches taller. But that's it. Like the only thing you would add would be a couple inches. Other than that, it's if, Chris Paul because your point guard's going to be your shortest position. Anyway, well, yeah, so I'm just saying you Paul. may want him six two instead of six foot. Like that's literally it. But even then, like you would you would legitimately create Chris Paul. Like obviously, Magic is the greatest point guard of all time, and it's no debate to it. But he's not a quintessential point guard. He was just amazing because he was six nine and could control the entirety of the game. And it was like something you really had not seen before like that. So. He was amazing, but like if you were to create one, it'd be Chris Paul, and it's just it's it, it's crazy to me. It, it's just crazy to me. <sighs> Man, and, shout, uh, shout out to Luka Doncic though. Good for him. This next series is gonna be fun. He's got a he's got a chance. He's definitely got a chance to get to the finals. But good for Luka. As I always say, my favorite thing about the postseason, there's no hiding. You find out exactly who players are like mm-hmm. for all the we'll talk online any like any basketball talk for you can pick player x versus player y da 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 that right there like if you're a chris paul fan if you're a Suns fan if you're a devin booker fan if you're a luka Doncic fan you just point to today like any argument you have like if there were people out there still saying chris paul all over shit i don't know maybe maybe steph because they kind of merge they merge into each other's generation, right? Like, yeah, no, Cur- I, Curry took over for the second half of Chris Paul's career, mm-hmm. right? As far as like taking the mantle of point guard. Yes. You know, if there was any debate, like if Chris Paul maybe stole one this year and people could kind of sum up a oh, prime first prime debate, now it's over with. It's absolutely over with after tonight. Like, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Aiden, but especially those two, did absolutely nothing in a game seven. And it's not even. It's not even like where you say, oh, such and such did nothing. They had 15 points. No, when the game was in hand and you absolutely needed something from them, they literally had zero field goals. No field goals. I was going to uh, say, Steph Curry's worst game of his career would be game seven against the Cavs in the NBA Finals. And he did much more than Chris Paul, and he played terrible in that game. I'm not trying to make it sound like Steph even had a remotely good game. He did not. But he did more than Chris Paul did tonight. He did much more than Chris Paul did tonight. My, goodness. I took a screenshot. Sorry, I took a screenshot <laughs> no, at the at the end of the first half here. Uh, I've ne- I've really never seen anything like this. Okay, so mm-hmm. out of the starting five, Bullock didn't score at the end of the first half for this for the Mavs. Fiddy Smith had a bucket. Bronson had two points. Dwight Powell at two points, right? So they got six combined points out of their starting five outside of Luka. Luka has 27, as we said. Cleaver mm-hmm. has a three off the bench. Dinwiddie has 21. So you have nothing outside of two players on that team. And it's it's a 30-point game. It's 57-27 a half. And the, Dallas has nothing outside of Dinwiddie and Doncic, mostly from the perimeter. They're not even getting to the rim. This is mostly threes right here. And then Phoenix... Their leading, their two leading scorers at halftime were Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson, with five points. Devin Booker gave you two points, one rebound, one assist, one steal, and I believe he was 0 of seven. Zero of Chris seven Paul from had, the floor, 0 of four from three, two of two from the line. Chris Paul had his one foul shot, two assists, and a rebound, and eight and had three points. 0 of four from the floor, 0 of two from three. Chris Paul. At that point, and Aiden gave you probably a layup somewhere in there. So I mean, they absolutely did not show up. Uh, Monty Williams won Coach of the Year, much deserved. I would argue this is a fireable offense 
for your coach. I've I've never seen anybody like if this was a young if this was the Mavs who showed up like this, right? Then you say, okay, it's a young team. Uh, you know, they haven't been as in as many big games as you know the Phoenix Suns have, especially with Chris Paul and how they played last year. A lot of their bench is playoff tested. You wouldn't be too surprised. You'd be surprised, but you wouldn't be as surprised as the Suns, who were far and away the best team. Well, for sure. You would look at Luka a little bit, because obviously if it happened the other way, Luka wouldn't have a great game. you look at Luka like, ah, you got to play a little bit better in a game seven, but you were going, up, then, but you were going up against the team that is probably the favorite to win it all right now. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <sighs> Uh, Chris Paul's conversation could have changed this year. You could have compared him like, is Chris Paul better than Isaiah Thomas? And that, that's just a bad. Like obviously with a championship, like is he better? He than really got to, it, it puts him in a in the championship club. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It puts him puts him in that cemented status. I yeah. made men. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, you can argue like he's probably better than John Stockton. Like those kind of people. But I, I can't say he's better than John Stockton. <laughs> Like John Stockton's amazing, but anyways, that's that's for a whole nother conversation. I want to let you get to talk about your Boston Celtics and how you felt today. The floor is yours. The city of Boston Celtics. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I know, but I mean, this is the Warner Brothers podcast, so your Celtics. Um, I was. I'll say this. I was. Game five happened. Game five was a bad loss. One of the worst losses in quite a while for the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were up four points with 10 seconds left, and they lose the game, basically. And, uh, you know, Marcus Smart gets stripped at the end. It was just bad. Yeah, that was But It made you know. Nate Kennison probably, like, cringe, but also, like, clap with joy. <laughs> in the, se- him, in the sense of, like, thank, like I told you you should have got rid of him. <laughs> it made the Marcus Smart detractors definitely look uh feel vindicated in that moment yeah, i guess he didn't even have a bad game like that's the thing that sucks about it like he played pretty well up to that point and then just the last couple minutes just turned into a a dolphin on the court like he just couldn't do anything he had flippers it was <laughs> fourth quarter uh the celtics were up 10 to 12 i believe early in the fourth quarter up 12 and, yeah and the Bucks kind of chipped away. At it. it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a visible collapse. It was a very gradual collapse. It was one of those that you just let the team that's dangerous, you know, hang around a little too long. I always say, if you've got a champion or you're facing a champion, you've got to kill them off. You can't give them even a centimeter of room to think that they can win. You know especially what I mean? Someone, especially with someone as good as Giannis. Like you cannot. I mean, obviously, like their whole team's championship bound. But when you have probably the best player in the league. You you got to take them out when you you got to take them out. Exactly. So they steal game five, game six. Um, game six and game seven. I was a little more confident than I should have been, only because Chris Middleton's out. If Chris Middleton's playing those games and they got a healthy Chris Middleton, I'm probably scared to death in game six and more scared to death in game seven. Okay, uh, the first quarter where we're missing all kinds of threes, mm-hmm. we're down ten to the Bucks. You know, I, my vibes aren't good, but Tatum was playing well. And, you know, that first quarter into game seven is usually a feel out, yeah, right? Of first course. Quarter's a feel out. Second quarter is like the most normal feeling because everyone's kind of got the rhythm and they almost like forget it's a game seven, right? Mm-hmm. Third quarter, usually the swing quarter. And then the fourth, obviously, like you just never know what's going to happen. If it's anywhere between uh, eight to two point game, Crazy shit's gonna happen, guaranteed. Okay, and uh, not to mention at the end of the first quarter, Giannis was going insane. He had ten, eight, and six at the end of the first quarter. So I'm scared to death at that point. Then we make our run in the second, blow the game open in the third and fourth. Grant Williams shouts to Grant Williams because you know that was some Kelly Olynyk shit he did. Because Kelly Olynyk once did the same thing for us in a game seven, but for him to go seven threes. He just did not stop shooting. He would have tried 25 threes if he got more minutes and the game was closer. If it took that, you know what I mean? And you know uh, what? Yeah. You can't, that's how you had to beat. You couldn't go inside comfortably without having an outside presence. So that he, those are the, those are the shots that you drop and you take. If you're going to get good looks from the corner, good looks from the wings. Those are the shots like seven of 18. That's what you, that's what you wanted out of him that game. You and had was, to shoot him. 
15 of those 18 were like wide, wide open. Like they were great, good shots. Like 10 out of 10 looks. 10 out of 10 looks. So shouts to him. Shouts to Marcus Smart. He played great. Uh, Horford was basically like a point guard this game. JT and JV both brought it. Peyton Pritchard had a moment in this game too. It was a great team win. And uh, that's exactly why I was more confident than usual. Aside from the fact that, like I said, Middleton was out. Uh, this team's just great top to bottom. Um, it was a great win. I mean, I expected a much closer game. I expected Nailbiter. I expected too. Giannis to go off. Giannis had an uncharacteristically off game after the first quarter. I was about he didn't to say, really... the first quarter looked like he, because he had like 10, 6, and 7 in the first. And I was like, oh. 10, 8, and 6, yeah. 10, 8, and 6. I was like, okay, well, Giannis is going for a 40 point triple double in game 7. As expected, he, like <laughs> and he did up with twenty five, twenty and nine, but it's a it's a little deceiving. He played hard. He just he had three or four moments where he was at the rim and missed like bunnies. You know what I mean? Which you never see with Giannis. Uh, Connaughton didn't really show up today, and he's had a pretty good series. Like he's been one of their better players. Grayson um, Allen was bad for like the last like four or five games of the series. Absolutely. He ended yeah. he ended the Chicago series like good and that was a very good sign cuz they needed that extra shooter who knew how to make the right play but he was ice cold. Ice cold. Yeah, it was it was a weird game. Uh, Brooke Lopez the players they needed to show up which is Holiday, Giannis. Giannis could have played better. This is like a B game for Giannis despite the stat line. Stalin looks amazing, but it was a B game for Giannis. Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday played well. Brooke Lopez gave him great minutes. And then Portis gave him good minutes. After that, nobody really showed up for him. That's where you need Wes Matthews. As you said, Grayson Allen, Connaughton had his worst game of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they needed and him yeah, to play all better. All-around team win for Boston. Uh, I think just by the Heat... Look, the Heat played a nine seed, right? They played in a normal pre-COVID world, they don't even play the Atlanta Hawks, right? They beat the nine seed in five. I mean, I think they would have beat the Cavs in five. So I don't really think it makes that much of a difference, but go on. What's that? I said I think they beat the Cavs in five, so I don't think that makes too much of a difference, but you can go on. I know what you're, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They, either, either the Cavs or the Heat is a five, anywhere from a sweep to possibly a six-game series at the best, right, mm-hmm. for them. Everything breaks right, kind of thing. Yeah, but they beat, they take care of the Hawks. They play the Sixers, who don't have Embiid for the first two games, and get a compromised Embiid. And that's not take anything away from the Heat because the Heat look like the most well coached team in the league. Like the way they stick to the script, they they play really boring almost, despite like the players that I like on their team. You know what I mean? They're really deliberate. And their offense, despite they, being able to move, they're not flashy at all. They look like kind of like the Spurs, just in a different version, obviously, because their best player isn't a big. It's a it's Jimmy Butler, right? They share the ball. They look for threes. They play outstanding defense. Like they they fuck the Sixers up with a zone. Mm-hmm. It amazes Steve. We're talking about this. It amazes me how many teams every year in the playoffs, even in the regular season, how many teams get stumped by zone. It's not You'd that swear. difficult. And I get, like, there's more intricate zones, especially, like, the Heat. The Heat were playing a particularly intricate zone. And if you don't have shooting, which the Sixers kind of lack, you know, it's hard to break a zone. I was going to say, with a zone, that's what you need is shooting. Shooting breaks any zone, but... You still at least want to get to the middle, and it's crazy how many teams you see just go kind of five wide or maybe have one guy at the elbow and try to break a zone. It doesn't really make It doesn't make any sense at all. Like, dribble penetration can get through a zone, yes, but you need to have the right dribble penetration. You need to have... Someone in the middle, someone running baseline, you work the ball around, and then you get wing penetration. You don't get up front penetration. It's really not that terrible. I mean, obviously, when you're a great defensive team, you have to make the shots. You have to pull, You have to shoot them out of a zone. But it's really not a dis- difficult concept to break a zone. At least from my knowledge of basketball, it's not a terribly difficult concept to break a zone. You just have to shoot well. And get to the teeth zone. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to get to... But, like, essentially, when it comes down to it, if even if you do get to the teeth of the zone and you don't shoot well, then you're not going to break the zone, typically. Like, you just... If you make outside shots, the open ones, then you will break and you'll shoot them out of the zone. I'm getting off topic here. 
Sorry, we're talking the actual heat. basketball. Go on. The Heat again. Take care of business. The Hawks, nine seed. Take care of the compromised Sixers. Basically, to say they didn't get the biggest of tests, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Celtics they face the Nets, who I think most people would have picked a six or seven game series. They sweep. They get the Bucks. They're down three two to the Bucks, the defending champs. I would have picked. I believe I. I think I picked a seven game series, but I wouldn't have been mad at people picking a six game series for the Celtics. Like you automatically give the Celtics a nod just for Middleton being out, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't count the Bucks at all. Not only do they beat the Bucks, they blow out the Bucks in a game seven, right? Mm-hmm. Celtics have exceeded my expectations with that. I mean, I think, I think just off the law of that, the Celtics going through a tougher road and excelling at it versus the Heat going against a slightly easier road. And by the way, succeeding at it, but, you know, taking care of business as they should, right? Mm-hmm. Granted, I picked against them. Again, that was a clown move for me to pick against them. Like, I don't even know what that was about. But I see no way where people could pick the Heat in this series. Granted, there is a way for them to win, but I think... You know, if you're already going through Kyrie, KD, and and Giannis, you're taking their best punch, so to speak. Actually, you're shutting down KD and Kyrie for a lot of it. And, you know, they gave Giannis fits today. That was I said he had an off game. Part of it was because of the defense and stuff that were putting on him. By the way, the NBA, the refs, they took away as what could have been Giannis' third or fourth foul in the third quarter. He clearly went into, I forget who it was, if it was Grant, who it was, but he barrels into him. It was a clear offensive foul. The Bucks challenge, they take it away. Like, they tried to keep Giannis in that game. They still couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. That's the Celtics. But, you know, with those facts combined, like I said, the Celtics going through the elite of the elite to get here to the Eastern Conference Finals and, you know, doing it well, exceeding expectations, they got to be the favorite. They got to be the favorite, you know, going forward through the whole league, really. It's going to be Warriors, mm-hmm. Matt. Them and Golden State would be back and forth. Yeah, but the Celtics got to be the favorite to be, especially with the Warriors losing a game by 50 to the Grizzlies without the Grizzlies' best player. Or being down in the game by 50. I don't think they lost by 50. They but lost by like 33 or something, like in the 30s. Somewhere, that so, was also, somewhere around that. That was also bizarre too. But I also, I do, by the way, side note, I believe the Warriors are going to win the next series. But I think we're going to get a Celtics-Warriors finals. But... You know, if we're picking out of the final four, I think you gotta give the Celtics the nod if you know if you're Vegas and uh, and betting sites here. But you know, it's been a great postseason. It's been uh, up and down. It's been a crazy postseason, really. Like, you know, I don't think people would have picked it to go exactly like this. And that includes the Grizzlies, how well they fought. You know, being without Jaw, forcing a game six. It makes more um, sense than people give it credit for. But, I mean, the 55 point up at by 55, that blowout doesn't make sense. The way they played the Warriors and how tight they played the Warriors makes more sense than what you would think, ex- what you would expect without Jaw. Only, only because of how, I mean, they were 20 and 5 without him, and they were 10 and 5 against actual, like, playoff teams this year without him. So, like, true, but everything. Everything's different in the postseason, you know. Example A: the Suns today. Oh, you for, know for sure. But uh, there's definitely stats to back it up. But I mean, I know Grizzlies fans who weren't even that bullish on the Grizzlies doing what they did, you know, to extend the series. They thought it was over after Ja left. So I mean, I was sure as shit shocked that the way you know, it especially happened, after game, especially after Game Five when they're up all the way the whole entire game. On uh, or maybe it was game four. Sorry, I think it was game four. They're up the whole game on the Warriors after Ja goes out, and uh, we have 40 seconds left in a position possession where you absolutely need to score. Dylan Brooks takes a terrible shot, Warriors go down, score, and then you know they win the game. Like, I thought it was pretty much over for them. No one would have blamed them for rolling over in the next game, game five. They come out and win that game and give you good competition in most of the sixth game. Warriors obviously go away with it, but I was. I was definitely shocked by that. That's championship DNA for the future for the Grizzlies oh, yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. I was shocked by game five, four, and six didn't fully shock me. Honest, well, honestly, just the way the Grizzlies play defense without Ja and the way the ball moves, 
And with how sloppy the Warriors can get from time to time, it, it didn't full, like, I knew they were going to play them close. I expected the series to probably be over in five, but it, going six didn't shock me the way it went six. Shocked me more. Obviously, I was not, I wouldn't have bet, I would have put a deed to a house that the Warriors wouldn't have been down at by 50 to that Grizzlies team at all. So that that's shocking for sure. So, and like in those aspects, I definitely understand why Vegas would give the nod to Boston because of the road that they have gone through. I do disagree with you. I think that the Heat have a formula to beat Boston. Well, that formula be. By the way, I want to I want to apologize to Jimmy Butler. I said he's been I said he'd been performing like a, you know, maybe like a B B plus version of himself in the last series. He was undoubtedly the best player. Far and away the best player. Yeah. On the floor. Out to him, but give me the formula for um, beating. So, going through Boston series, if you go through, they were able to just out physical the Nets because the Nets couldn't really play defense. They had, I mean, as you were saying before the series, you were worried about Kevin Durant because it's Kevin Durant, but you weren't really worried about the Nets because of the fact of the way they don't play defense that well at all. And that you just have too many weapons with the Celtics. And that just showed they just out-physicaled them. Obviously, with Chris Middleton being out, you lost the ability of someone who can go get their own shot. So really it was between Giannis going to do his thing and then Jimmy, but- Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Drew Holiday. You had Drew Holiday having to really step up into that second role. And he would which come he in. Which he did. Which he did. I was going to say, which he did. But the thing that... Milwaukee didn't do all series, was shoot well from three. Miami is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. They have – so I think that's their formula. They're well, there's able- a reason. There's a reason why the Bucks didn't shoot well, and that's because they're facing the best defensive team in the league. Arguably. But um, they – Statistically. <laughs> but, no. Statistically. Well, I'm thinking the Heat have an argument in that as well. But – I was going to say, statistically, the Heat are the best three-point shooting team in the league. So, I mean, they were better than the Bucks in that aspect. But what I'm saying also, the Bucks mix open shots too. They, weren't, they just weren't hitting. They, that, and that happens, obviously. But the Heat have multiple people who can go get a bucket on their own. They have four. They also have very good shooting, and they play very, very good defense. It's going to be a great series, I think because the Heat match up with the Celtics well. It's really going to come down to who shoots better from three and Jimmy Butler via versus Jason Tatum. To me, that, that's how the series is going to kind of boil down. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if it will come down to one-on-one, Jason well, Tatum versus... Well, no, I, I don't always mean like one-on-one, like it has to be like, but... And there is a point where your star has to make plays down the stretch. So I think like in game like in big games, you're gonna see like game six, Giannis and Tatum were going mano a mano, but Tatum just made more plays. Not every game is going to be that, but like there will be pivotal moments throughout the, the series that you'll see. Oh, I mean, I would, Jason, I would argue it was I would argue that was a team win more so than a Tatum game. Tatum made a shots, Tatum he had forty six. Game for Tatum, but I mean, Smart and JD, they each had 21, 22 point games, I believe, in that game. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it team. came, the others definitely stepped up, and Giannis didn't have people just there with them throughout the game. But I mean, when it came down to the fourth quarter, when the game was still close, Jason Tatum was making every shot. He was, but I would say, you know, through five games, I would say Horford was our best player. You know, so I would say it was a total team effort. Oh, through the series, yeah. But I was I was saying just game but, six in general. For sure. But you know, that's one game. I'm in a series, I think the Celtics just have too much for the Heat, as they did again today, especially with the Bucks being down Chris Middleton. But you know, you talk about the Heat being a great three point shooting team, the Celtics are a great three point shooting team as well. So when mm-hmm. their strength matches the Celtic strength on top of having four or five guys who can really get their own shot or at least initiate offense. As we have as four. Far- True. Who's your four? Who's your four that can initiate, create? You can go through Bam for possessions, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo. By the way, Oladipo, I love how he's playing. That was a, That's worked out 
great for him since he's been back. Mm-hmm. He's been with the Oladipo form since he's been back, which you you wouldn't bet on that, right? Uh, His him scoring forty one before the end of the last game of the season, regardless of just him being like the only player on the floor that really could go get his own bucket, that gave me. You don't just go score forty one on accident if you can't do it at all. Like it showed that you still have a little bit in you, and he's shown it from there. I feel like Bam's offense can come and go as far as like getting his own shot. You can run through like it. You're right. Absolutely he, run through. Uh, no, you you, that's what that's more so what I meant. I don't mean like he's like can be just the sole focal point, but I think if you have a quarter. Like you can like if Bam has it rolling, you can run an offense through him and get shots. He makes the right play. He can pass. Like those kind. Like those. That's what I mean more so. Because I think like I think on the Celtics you have Jason Tatum. Clearly you have Marcus Smart. You oh and also far I forgot Kyle Lowry who is out. But sure. uh, Kyle yeah. Lowry comes back. He can do all that too. But. You have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown, you have Marcus Smart, and then I think you can also run a little bit through Al Horford too. Absolutely. So that that um, and I think it's kind of I think for the most part those are comparable. If I'm the Heat, or if I'm a Heat fan, like I think, I think the road for them it has to be like a 1990s, early 2000s type of series. Excuse me. It's got to be low scoring. It's got to be ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be uncomfortable, Tatum and Brown, which they will. They'll make Tatum and Brown comfortable. Don't get me wrong. I just see it being a six. Like this is, this is like, if it was a video game, it would be like facing like the final bosses first, and then you're getting like the one in maybe the mid to upper levels with the Miami Heat third, right? Like you're getting the harder test first with the Nets and with the Bucks. You know, I think just the confidence that gives you as a team, on top of you know, the talent they have on the team, I just don't feel like the Heat are going to present as much of a challenge as the last two. They will be a challenge. Don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be a six-game series. But I don't see it going seven. I don't see it... I see it being ugly, and I see it being knocked down, drag out. But I feel like kind of like in the Bucks game today where the Celtics pull away, I feel like that's how the series will go overall. But the Heat are definitely a formidable opponent. They were obviously in the finals two years ago. They uh, beat your Celtics to get there. Beat the Celtics in the, two in the Eastern Conference Finals in the series. You said the exact same thing going into prior. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I do want to point out that was at a at a goddamn summer camp too. You know, I mean, but, I mean, the, they still the had to play basketball. The bubble has aged pretty poorly, but yes, they did get the better of the Celtics. Uh, this is a different Celtics team. This is a different Jason Tatum. This is definitely a def- different Jalen Brown. Um. You know, and this Heat team's good. This Heat team's really good. They were the first seed, you know, and they took care of business the first two rounds. And they're elite defensively. They absolutely are. And, again, as well coached as you can possibly be, right? But I think it's a Celtics time. I think the Celtics are the better team. Uh, They've statistically been the better team since, you know, the new year, basically. Better than everybody. So, you know, again, Celtics in six is my prediction. And if we're going to go to the Western Conference – I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Warriors in seven. I agree with that. The Mavs are just unbelievably stingy. Like I don't, I never would have expected this outcome from them, especially with how many games Luca missed this year. Like he, he had an amazing statistic. Stati- excuse me, statistical season, but he missed quite a bit of games for Luca for a star. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But really, since the break, he was at a goddamn Michael Jordan, Bron James whatever name any great player in nba history he was on that type of tear so and, I told, uh, that's why i was saying i think he should have been considered more in the mvp conversation personally i believe uh i believe he got a top four vote yeah no i, I wasn't saying i just thought he should have been I, I was saying that you could argue him because the conversation was between really Jokic and b but you had Giannis there i thought that Doncic should have really like adamantly been in that kind of top four Rather than, I mean, obviously it was those three, and then he came forth. But I thought he really should have been inserted. Like when you talk about those three, you should add his name in the way he had the second half of the season. He did, and I think he got that respect in the voting by the sounds of it. The voting it, it did look more so like that from what I remember. I think like because he came in fourth out of the top three because it was it was the top three and then him, which which I understand. 
But, uh, yeah, again, the way Jason Kidd has got them playing defense and just, you know, it's a pretty simple offense. It's either, you know, Luka gets a bucket or Luka's creating a three. He you came know? in fifth, actually. Uh, did he? Yeah, um, Jokic had 875 total points. Um, Bede had 706. Giannis, 595. Devin Booker, 216. And Book. Doncic, 146, with Tatum having 43. Well, postseason showed up who's really more valuable between Booker and <laughs> who apparently hate each other, which I love. I love it. And it's going to be a new rivalry. Been, oh, I love it. Well, it feels, it feels the NBA's back. Uh, I really wish we could have had Paul George and Kawhi in the playoffs like i was really looking forward to that but you know the nba is truly back it's been a great postseason but you know and it's the um the mavericks are on the air go ahead sorry i was just gonna say also post lebron too because last year obviously he lost in the first round so he didn't really have lebron for all that long and then this year lebron didn't even make the play in which obviously it's not that you thought the league was going to crumble but obviously like when michael jordan was in the league, and then he left the league. You could see that the ratings dipped and those kind of things. Obviously, the Lakers were amazing during that time, and then 04, 05 was the Pistons, Spurs, and then the Heat had their uh, – Wade had an amazing finals run. But you, The ratings definitely dipped without LeBron too, but it's good that they – But they've came back up. Product. Yeah. Still a great product without LeBron and please. Looks to be great hands for the future. Yeah, you don't, like, before you find yourself, like, I haven't found myself, like, damn, I we needed LeBron in these playoffs. Like, obviously, he, LeBron's great to have because he's LeBron James and the greatest player of our generation because Mike's not my generation. But, like, my, when, obviously, like, you felt like you needed Mike in those next few years, you know what I mean? With, like, Le, without LeBron here, it's feeling like, okay, We've got Luka, we got Giannis, we've got still Steph, KD's still here, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum's emerging as really that, that guy. I mean, he's already been working his way towards that, but you go through Kevin Durant, now Giannis, like, you know, Jimmy Butler showing that he's just a playoff performer, like all those kind of things. There's so many storylines and so many great players in the league. Jaw moving forward with the Grizzlies moving forward, like the league is just the perfect hands with how many stars there are under 25 yeah and before we get back to the western conference finals i would say you know especially after the second time jordan left i mean that next generation you got Shaq and kobe mm-hmm. ai uh you had vince carter and t-mac on the raptors tim you, got tim Dun- you got dirk kg they had a lot of stars there was it was a star studded hall of fame studded league so i mean the league was in gray hands when mike left too obviously the ratings went down but you know the league was in a great place you'll find great basketball and great teams and great series from you know the early 2000s oh, up in spurs the Le- lakers oh one was oh two was it or oh three roughly when uh derrick fisher hit that shot i can't remember what year that was i think it was oh four the year they oh made yeah it. it was the year they lost to the uh pistons but Specifically talking to the Western Conference Finals, as I was saying, Luke is on a tear. The Mavericks have a ton of confidence right now, even though they, you know, out of most teams, even if you take a team like the Utah Jazz, who they beat in the first round, the Jazz may top to bottom have more talent than the than the Mavs. The Mavs are basically a bunch of scrappy shooters and Doncic and Dinwiddie who can get their own shot. And I'll throw Jalen Brunson in there, who can obviously... Oh, Br- Brunson, Brunson showed that he can go get his own shot and, and he can actually be like a pretty valuable piece obviously not he can't i mean unless, almost, they, unless yeah. they do it this year i mean i don't think he can be the second best player on a championship team but unless they prove me wrong this year but yeah he's almost weirdly been like the more pure point guard for them like he between has. him and the pure point guard and luke has been more of a scorer even though luca could get 15 assists in his sleep just with you know how he plays basically the james harden offense mm-hmm. uh the difference between Harden and Luka, and this is what it's going to be tough for the Warriors, is he is a true, I believe he's 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, yeah. All there. Like, he can, he's going to be able to post most players. Like, he had a he had a shot tonight where he's posting up DeAndre Ayton and gives him the Dirk fadeaway over him. Like, that dude is just 
a big fucking guy for a point guard. So that's going to present a matchup problem for the Warriors. I have the Warriors. But, you know, it's weird. The Warriors have had good games. I don't think we've seen a truly great game for them. We haven't had a great, a a peak Steph game yet. We've had great Steph moments, but not Steph Steph game. game. What's up? We've had Steph moments. We just haven't had Steph games. Like fourth quarter against Memphis, he had 18. Like that's a great. But like the most threes he made in a game is six, and that was last game. And he was six of 17. Like like Steph has played, Steph has played probably B+. Like his best game was game two against Denver, and that was the game where he had 34, but like they just routed Denver. Like, but... He's been probably a B plus Steph, which it still amounted to like twenty seven six and five because that's just how obviously one one of your best superstars in the league is. But he's gonna need to be what he's always been in the Western Conference Finals to beat the Mavs. Gonna need to be on his A game for sure, and because uh, he I was gonna say he's been throughout his career the best uh, portion of his playoff runs have been the Western Conference Finals. If you go back through and look at all of them, he's had some of his best games there. I'm looking forward to it. So the Eastern Conference Finals are, I believe, Tuesday, which would make the Western Conference on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. So that'll be at Golden State at Miami. Miami being the one seat. Miami's got home court in the series, which, you know, Miami's... It's where Miami... <laughs> their fans show up about halftime, basically. Yes. But... But and it's not necessarily a loud arena, but I will say when it's when it's good games there, or you know when the team needs it, the crowd does show up. They it's do. not as I wouldn't put them in the class of like Bulls fans, Knicks fans, Celtics fans, Warriors fans, Thunder fans when they were really when the Thunder were really good. I'm also gonna put the Warriors fans down a tier because they are just not they're not Oracle Arena, Yay Area Oakland fans. They're, they're now just, that, but they're still they're very now, good fans. They're very good, but they're not at their peak. It used to be like, it used to be Warriors fans and everyone else to some degree. They used to bring out the decibel thing on the We Believe Warriors. Like, that's how loud, and it was like a party in there in playoff games. And when Steph, especially in those early Steph runs, when he would just go on those, like, heat checks, it was a goddamn fucking zoo and fucking Oracle. That's why they call it Oracle. So I, I got to knock him a peg for that. But, yeah. So great home of court, obviously, though. Class where they're like, not elite, but they know how to bring it still. They, but, um, I was going to say, there's nothing that's more... There's nothing that can be probably more demoralizing as a fan than a Steph 3 in, like, old Rorical Arena. Like, honestly, like, you would have thought they scored 17 points on a Steph. Like, especially if you got, like, four straight points and then Steph had, like, a third three in a row or something like that. It was like, oh. Point game, depending on how those threes came or what, you know. It could have been a crossover to a layup for Steph, but you know, and Roracle, like yeah, it just it would just seem a little different. Like I said, already in there. Yeah, I was gonna say it was just a great like I don't like there was no one in that there was that point in the league, there was no one who could change a crowd as and like almost demoralize you in that kind of sense, like Steph with just one play. Now obviously there are players that could do that to you. I'm not trying to make it sound like he's the only guy, but one play, like one shot from Steph, and the crowd just makes it feel like, oh man, everything's caving in on us. Goodness, I can't I don't know what to do. <sighs> I, I gotta get to sleep, which is something I hate saying. All <laughs> sounds old, but I mean, obviously, you have to be up early in the morning, so that's fair. But it just makes yeah. you sound old. Well, I gotta hit I'm, the hay. I'm not built for. I've never been built for going to sleep prior to like. 1230 so on Mondays my Sundays and Mondays are particularly difficult for me there's definitely some nights where I just get three or four hours of sleep mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'm sure that's the case for a lot of people but it seems to be the case with me too much but I think maybe I'll talk to you Wednesday after game one of the Easter Conference and we can do it before game one of the Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. that'd be pretty either, that, either that or Thursday Either way, like if we want to talk about both games or one, but we'll figure it out. That'd work too. That'd work too. By the way, uh, real quick, last question: What did you think of the Patriots' schedule? Um, interesting. It's a uh, very interesting. I think ten and seven, eleven and six is kind of like on the board. 
Like, it's just, it's going to be a very, like, is Deshaun Watson playing with the Browns at that point? I don't think so, but that's up in the air. The Dolphins game, it's really, how do you feel about Tua? You got the Ravens early. Uh, The Bills are going to be, what? It's a tough schedule. Oh, it is a tough schedule. I mean, they, the really only easy games you have on the entire schedule is going to be the Lions and the Bears and the Jets even got much a lot better in the draft. I mean, I still think they're going to they need a couple more years but to start to do something, but really it's going to be the Bears, Lions and the both Jets games, which are still division games which make them tougher. So you really only got four games that are like guaranteed or should be guaranteed going into them wins. Other than that, yeah. every game is the Steelers, There's, who have a really good defense, the Ravens, the Packers, the Colts, the Vikings, the Bills. Like, it's going to be tough. I don't think the Bears are necessarily an easy game. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say an easy, easy game, but they're a game that you, you're the favorite going into that game. Probably. Probably. And, I, yeah, I would say, I mean, we don't know how the season's going to turn out, obviously, but, you know, I think those would all be competitive games. Like you said, the Jets are better. I still think they would have the most question marks out of out of the whole schedule. Other than the Lions to me, but yeah. The Jets are better. Yeah, the Lions. Lions, I'll say this, despite their record last year. They played they hard. Were, they were competitive. I would imagine that they got better through the draft. But yeah, that'd be that you're right. That'd probably be the other team as well, where you're like Yeah. I would so, be I'd be upset losing to the Lions. Especially early absolutely. on in the season. Like I'd be upset losing to the Lions. But I could see that I could see them competing in that game. Is what I'm saying. They, yeah. they they competed even as the worst team in the league last year, which you know, I guess it's something in the NFL. It is any given Sunday. But yeah, I think it's a tough schedule. I don't really have much more to say other than that, especially since you know, as we said, I got to sleep here. I could probably you could probably talk me into a fucking thirty minute conversation on the Patriots. But I'll sa- I'll save you that for now because I want I want a fresh mind and a ready to speak mine on the Patriots when we talk about them. They're gonna this year is going to be a very tough year in the AFC. Whoever comes yeah, out of the AFC earned it. It's gonna be a very fun football season. Uh we're still months away, but it weirdly feels like it's around the corner. Mm-hmm. I can't uh the rest is postseason. These are gonna be outstanding games the rest of the way. Uh I'm I'm personally rooting for the Warriors to win. You know, especially because I believe the Celtics are going to win. I want to attend a finals game, and I would prefer prefer the Warriors. And I said earlier on this podcast, like a couple weeks ago, how if the Celtics were to go out, I'd be rooting for the Suns, assuming they'd be in the conference finals. They took themselves out of that running today, so I'm rooting for the Warriors to win. Because, again, that would be the most entertaining finals to me would be uh, Warriors-Celtics. So I want to see that. Let's go Warriors. Do your thing. Uh, but again, I think that's going to be that's going to be possibly some very classic moments in that series. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I think we're going to need classic Steph, and you may need a classic Clay again. But here is also because I'm on the opposite um, opposite side of the country from you when it comes to top to bottom. I'm hoping for Warriors Heat so I can go to a game. And I was actually going to mention at some point if that happens, maybe you should come down. And we go to a game in Miami because I know you like Miami, but just yeah, just a thought. I used to go to Miami, so I mean, I'm sure you could twist my arm into me going to a a finals, a Heat Warriors, a, a final. Heat Warriors final I, game in Miami. I don't think that's a bad option. <laughs> I think it's a bad idea. And well, if it push came to shove, maybe I'd have to go to a a Celtics Heat game in Miami. If I had to absolutely like pick one, but I, that's what I'm. That's my, I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of Steph and I'm a fan of the Warriors. I'm a, obviously my, the Heat are my favorite team, so I want both of them in the finals. But also, my uh, viewing, I want it to be Heat Warriors, so I can go to like game. Th- I think I don't know who would have home court in that. I can't remember who has a better record. It'd probably be the Heat, just given that they there were one seed, but I know they were the Warriors are like right there with them. Let me look real quick. But no, I'm just I that's what I need in my life. I need I need a Warriors Heat final so I can go to a game. That's what I want. Oh goodness! Well, talk to you. Today. It was great talking to you. 
Uh, any final words before we pat before we go here? Um, they were both fifty three and twenty nine, so I would come down to I think their head to head. I don't know what that was, is offhand, so it depends on what game who would get home court. Uh, looks like the Warriors would. Looks like they won both games this year oh, against the so Heat. The, so it'd be game three in game four, possibly a game six. So, yeah. But, but final words is get some sleep. I'm very, very excited again for the playoffs. Cliff Paul, I don't know what happened, bud. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Why did you? What? Why did that happen? But Don just sunned the Suns. He sunned the Suns. Good for Doncic. Good for Doncic. All, all right. right. All right. Warner Brothers Podcast. We'll be back later. With-